I'm wondering if you'd go wandering with me through the wilderness and woods to where the winds are blowing free through the darkness of the night heading toward the morning light I wonder if you'd wander with me well, Hi y'all, Dan here. Welcome to another episode of Wandering Monk Heights podcast. Last week, I shared a conversation with Nimble Will Nomad. Nimble Will is the wise caretaker of Flag Mountain. It's the first mountain in the Appalachian chain that begins in Alabama and extends up the east coast of North America into Newfoundland, Canada, before it steps off into the waters of the Atlantic Ocean. Nimble will walk the trail that goes through that mountain range, first hiking from Key West, Florida to Newfoundland, Canada in 1998. He recorded his adventures in his first book, 10 Million Steps. And then two years later, Nimble will return to this long trail. Beginning in Canada this time, he walked southward to Key West. This is the adventure in his second book, Where Less the Path is Worn. Both of these books are treasures. And last year, in 2021, Nimble Will returned to his old friend and walked her path from Springer Mountain, Georgia, to Mount Katahdin, Maine. He earned the title of the oldest person to hike the Appalachian Trail. He was 83 then. He's 84 now and as kind, gracious, and wise as ever. If you didn't hear our conversation, you owe it to yourself to listen to last week's episode well, this week I'm back to a monologue and I want to share something that's been stirring my soul for the past several months, if not years. I'm calling today's episode, Feeling the Breeze from Butterfly Wings. There's a film called The Butterfly Circus. It isn't a big box production. It's just a short, independent film set in the Great Depression. And it begins by showing the typical circus with people crowding into the freak shows of a troupe. But there's a twist. The circus master from a different traveling show walks through the tents to see these freaks who were social outcasts and they were put on display for people to laugh at, to shrink back of in fear, or just for their general entertainment. But this circus master is different. Mr. Mendez looks for the unique beauty in people who are different. He looks deeper at the person and refuses to let their circumstances define who they are. It's a delightful film. Sort of a precursor to The Greatest Showman, which is another excellent movie with inspiring songs that promote human dignity and worth. These shows sort of reflect a theory called the butterfly effect. I'm sure you've heard about this theory. Edward Lawrence was a mathematician and a meteorologist. He surmised that a butterfly, he actually measured a seagull but switched to the butterfly example because it was more poetic. But a butterfly flapping its wings begin an air movement that escalates until several weeks later, a tornado is formed. It seems that this theory would have tornadoes, hurricanes, and storms descending on us from all directions at all the time. However, his greater point is that even small actions have potential great consequences, and hiking is that way. I put on a backpack and began walking longer trails several years ago. Walking with my brother, I saw the Smoky Mountains, the cliffs of the Gila Wilderness, 
and the Cirque of the Towers on the Wind River Range in Wyoming. Each of those hikes seemed like a huge deal, not the gentle air movement from a butterfly's wings. There was nothing flittering or fluttering about climbing Big Bald or Jackass Pass. But in the bigger scheme, I didn't know where these things were taking me. I didn't know what lay ahead. When we were in Wyoming on the Wind River Range, I announced my plan to hike the Appalachian Trail. Looking back, I see how ignorant I was about such an undertaking. Anyway, the following March, I started from the arch at Amaclala Falls, climbed the 604 steps to the top of that falls, and then headed toward Springer Mountain. This was the beginning of my longest adventure. I walked the mountains in northern Georgia. I met wonderful people, tested my equipment and myself, and I felt confident that I could do this and walk nearly 2,200 miles to Mount Katahdin in Maine. My concerns were all about potential injuries to myself, my feet and knees and back. I might fall and break an ankle. I might get bit by a snake or mauled by a bear. I might lose my way in the forest. All of these things have happened to others. So I tried to be careful. I had not considered the possibility of family crises that could end my adventure. There is a difference between selfishness and self-care. I was finding what I had lost in myself while hiking these trails. That was self-care but I hadn't stopped to even consider my family's needs. And that was selfish. There's a fine but distinct line between the two motivators. Anyway, my sister-in-law became very ill and my wife truly needed me to help. So I came off the trail for about 10 days and then I went back and continued north. I walked through the Smokies and it was a bittersweet experience. The views were amazing. The experience was life-changing. The people were kind, caring, and overwhelming. Backpacking has a way of shaping each one of us into more accepting, caring, and sharing persons. Folks who are new to hiking may come across as arrogant know-it-alls. They may judge others by the brand of equipment they carry, by the number of miles they can hike, or the trail stories they can tell. However, Soon these people are mellowed, perhaps tempered is a good word, by the trail. However, for me, the overwhelming part was the sheer number of hikers. People were tired of being locked up by the COVID pandemic. They came in droves to hike the Appalachian Trail. There was no escaping to the solitude that I had desired for my hike. Shelters throughout the Smokies were packed. Designed for 12, there were often more than 30 hikers crammed into the little structures each night. Tent sites, and I preferred my own tent, were jammed as well. This experience felt like a major storm at the time. But in reality, these were the gentlest of breezes coming off the ends of butterfly wings that flittered and fluttered along the trail. I ended my through-hike plans at the end of the Smoky Mountains. But the Smokies were not done with me. I had kept a little journal in the Smokies, and that's something that's out of the ordinary for me. But in this little book, I wrote a series of things that I learned on the trail. There were 10 monk maxims, as I call them. Some of the lessons were shallow roots don't hold in the storm. I saw the biggest trees toppled over by the wind from storms. The winds 
were obviously more than butterfly strength, but the roots of those blowdowns amazed me. They were so small. I thought of my own life. How big and deep are my roots? How do I hold up in life's storms? I need to think about my life values and really dig into them. I can't allow myself to be blown back and forth by the whims of popular opinion. The trail strengthened me. Another couple of lessons the Smokies taught me were closely related. First, the trail prepares you for itself. And second, I must trust the trail to reveal itself to me. Hikers often look for ways to get physically fit to hike along trail. We test our gear on shorter trails. We research to find the best ways to resupply and take breaks along the trail. All of these are good things. However, the only way I have learned to hike a trail is to hike it. There are too many unknowns for me to prepare for every inevitability. Also, sometimes I can't see very far down the trail. I don't see the bends, the intersections, the ups and downs. However, I have to trust the trail that I'll eventually find my way if I just stay on the path. Again, life seems that way too. Sometimes, in fact, most times, I just have to step into life and live it. I have to trust the path that others have set before me. I have to choose who to trust by looking at how they ended up. If I just listen to everyone, then I can easily get lost in the noise. The trail is a good teacher if I'm a willing student. Now, these lessons began to reverberate in my mind and soul. I began to write a little more about each one. I shared these with a few friends who encouraged me to put the lessons into a book. So, lifted by the winds of their encouragement, I wrote a manuscript a publisher contacted me and was interested in publishing the manuscript, and soon, Schooled by the Smokies was completed. But the story keeps going. Just a few weeks ago, while hiking the Flint Hills Trail here in east-central Kansas, I met a couple, Dan and Denise. And the gentle breeze from all the various corners of my recent experiences seemed to blow through our meeting. We had a brief but wonderful conversation on the trail. They live in Ottawa, Kansas, which was going to be my stop for that night. So Dan and I had lunch later, and then they invited me to their home for dinner. It was a fun time. Still, I had no idea that the winds were building. Well, over the past few weeks, Dan and Denise have been sharing my story with others there in Ottawa. Interest has been building, and now I've been invited to go there and share my stories and adventures and sign my book, School by the Smokies. It's a strangely exciting waypoint in my journey. I can't say this is the culmination of anything. I don't know where the winds will blow next. I do know that I have plans for more hikes. Right now, I'm on a trail in Wisconsin. Next month, my brother Rick and I plan to hike across the Isle Royal in the middle of Lake Superior. The following month, we hope to go to Wyoming, back for another backpacking trip through the Wind River Range. The butterflies keep flying, the wind from their wings keep building, and we're carried along their currents. So come on, let's go walking together. And we'll leave the streets in these neighborhoods, head over the river.